Of Can You Dig It, a podcast by Silver Screen and Roll and SB Nation Lakers community. If you are listening to this, it is Friday, which means Lakers basketball is just one day away. I am Christian Rivas, and I am joined uh, every week by Jacob Rude. Jacob, how are you doing today, friend? Um, I'm doing wonderful. Another day in paradise. How was uh, How was Star Wars last week? It was great. I, uh, for those that didn't know, I was absent from this podcast last week because I went to Star Wars Land in Disneyland, uh, and it was pretty incredible. I don't know what I expected because I've been to Harry Potter World and Universal Studios, and I'm not like the biggest fan of Harry Potter. I enjoyed the movies, didn't read any of the books, uh, and I thought that was really cool. So I was expecting like to have that same reaction, like, ah, eh, this is pretty cool, like, just Star Wars lore and all that stuff. But no, it is submersive, dude, and much bigger than I thought it would be. Like, it might be outside of, huh, Adventureland. I don't know how familiar you are with Disneyland. <laughs> Never been, I'm guessing, but uh yeah it's it's awesome if when you um jacob i you have this it's recording we're recording right now (laughs) when you visit california i will take you to disneyland i i will take you to anaheim california come come to california and i will take you to disneyland this isn't an open invitation to our listeners, by the way. I don't got it like that. <laughs> this podcast doesn't do that well. But, Jacob, I, uh, it does well enough to where if you booked a flight to California, I would I would happily take you to Disneyland. So, I have, obviously haven't been to Disneyland. I, was, I went to Disney World um, oh, okay, well. <laughs> when I was much younger in Florida, but... I don't really remember. The only thing I remember from that is we lost my sister while at the while at Disney World. Uh, she, okay, she got this off a ride. She uh, <laughs> wandered off, and at the, she was like, "I'm trying to think how old she would have been. Maybe eight this at got the time dark. or ten. I mean, we found her. But <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> no, we found her, but she like yeah. panicked and then just took off sprinting. The entirely wrong direction, and uh, but yeah, that is my only memory, really, from being <laughs> at Disney World. Or so, as long as I guess you don't go sprinting off in another direction as soon as we get in there, it'll be an improvement. Well, anybody in my family and my girlfriend will tell you I have a terrible sense of direction, so <laughs> no promises. But uh, we have basketball to talk about for the first time in quite some time. The Lakers tipped off their training camp. Um, if I'm not mistaken, on Saturday was their first practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's been a lot of talk about uh, the guys that have stood out, most notably Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard. Uh, there's been there's been a lot of talk about Avery Bradley, like so much. And I know uh, I, I was on the fence about the Avery Bradley signing because, I mean, he hasn't been good 
probably since he left Boston uh, and he was signed for the room exception, which um, I think boils down to like $4.6 million. I don't know. I thought it was an overpay considering the production he's shown, even if you take into account those few games in Memphis. Um, defensively, I think he can bounce back. Offensively, I think he's going to be what he's always been. Uh, but playing alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I don't know if that's going to be a huge problem. So, yeah, there's been <laughs> the Avery Bradley stuff to a certain degree I expected. Um, he, I mean, it's one of those situations where you want to, like, pump up some of these role player guys that are going to be, that came in, like, Dwight Howard's the other one that they've kind of pumped up a whole bunch, and, like, you want to get those guys going, get those guys feeling well, but, man, the Avery Bradley stuff has just been, like, a whole other level. Like, I don't, to a certain extent, I don't know really how much to believe uh, from training camp because it's literally, like, 95% of it is behind closed doors and then media comes in for, like, maybe 5% of it, takes a couple videos, and that's it. So, I mean, I guess we have to take their word for it, but yeah, the, <laughs> the main thing that... I take away is that Avery Bradley has apparently been doing really, really well and also only been guarding Rajon Rondo. So I don't know who that <laughs> says more about. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah, I we, we've read all about how good Bradley's looked, and then he said he kind of let the cat out of the bag yesterday. He's like, yeah, I, I told Rondo to exclusively guard me at practice because I want us to always get better. And it's like... I don't know if that's what you're doing, but I think you are exploiting him to your benefit. <laughs> that's a bad say, friend. If I, w- if I was at Lakers practice, I would ask that Rondo only card me too. <laughs> um, so the as a matter of fact, practice is just getting out. Speaking of uh, just random videos posted and cherry picking them, um, and the first unit today that is closing out practice is to no surprise Avery Bradley at point guard. Contavious Caldwell-Pope at the two with the starters. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and JaVale McGee. I think LeBron, AD, and McGee is a foregone conclusion by now. Unless Howard looks insane in the preseason. And even at that point, I think just in terms of durability, it's probably safer to bring him off the bench. Uh, But KCP with the first unit, don't know how I feel about that. I So I like what they done to a certain extent with keeping LeBron and AD together and just rotating guys around them. Yeah. The I think the only change I would have made would have been keeping Danny Green with them. Maybe not the entire time, but for a large majority of the time. Because um, I think he... I, I just think he's the other guy that's penciled in as a starter. Um, I would even put it probably in pin. The other two spots are wide open. But, I mean, I still, overall, I like what they've done with just putting different guys around AD and LeBron because, I mean, that's that's the two. I mean, I'm not breaking news here. That's that's the core. That's the guys <laughs> you need to, to gain chemistry and just rotating other guys around them so that those guys can learn how to play off AD and LeBron when they're on the court. Um, it makes a ton of sense, and I really like that. I just wish... 
I haven't really seen. I think one day Danny Green was uh, was with AD and LeBron, and the rest of the time it's just kind of been rotated. I I wish there'd be more Danny Green with those two, but maybe they're also banking on the fact fact that Danny Green's been around for so long that he doesn't need quite as much time to uh, to practice with those two. Well, important update from practice: Crusoe has joined the first unit, which is it's the bald mo- the bald Mamba era is here. <laughs> I know. It, I Caruso, if we can take a minute to talk about him. Somebody brought up the point on Twitter to me that I thought was pretty interesting. If it weren't for the politics around the roster, like with Rondo and AD having such a strong chemistry and uh, LeBron, Cook, and AD all being tight, I think Caruso would probably be the favorite for the backup spot, if not the starting spot. And I don't know, taking all of that into account, the relationships on the team, I don't know where Crusoe fits into this rotation. And truthfully, with assuming Rondo's going to get playing time with AD and, and Bradley is the starting point guard, I don't even know where Quinn Cook fits into the rotation. Hmm. I mean, in an ideal world... Caruso has Rondo's spot, and I think maybe by season's end, that's what happens. Uh, I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, Avery Bradley's entire contract was basically, like, politics or reputation. Like, in no way did he perform well enough last season to earn that much money. Um, Mm -hmm. So, it's... I mean, I know we're going to talk a little bit about the the preseason game, but that's kind of one of the big things for me is, like... All these guards that the Lakers have that are all basically going to be point guards this year, like, there's too many guys for a rotation. Like, they can't play Rondo, Bradley, Caruso, and Cook. Um, so I guess it's mainly who's the odd man out. Like, right now, it seems like it's Quinn Cook, which is unfortunate because I think... He's he, a really good shooter. Yeah, and I think he can provide... A, a very valuable asset to this team and mainly it's unfortunate because it means Rondo is playing um, which I think I know people have discussed this I think there's a little there's a, a way to get, have Rondo on the court and have success but it's not with AD and LeBron and it seems like he's gotten a fair amount of run with AD and LeBron so that kind of worries me but um I mean, that's one of the big things I want to see this preseason is who stands out at the kind of that point guard spot, who stands out as a guard next to AD and LeBron, um, and mainly how well Caruso does. Because, yeah, I don't disagree. If you just, if there were like no names, no faces, you just kind of looked at skill sets and stats and whatnot, I mean, Caruso would be the. I think would be the front runner, and if you talk to, I can't even remember which one said it on Brian Windhorst's pod, where they said he's the second most athletic, <laughs> like that was wild, but yeah, he, he's not the second most athletic, but I think he, he, uh, he deserves a lot of playing time this year. Yeah, JaVale McGee, JaVale McGee and LeBron James still play on the Lakers, and even Devontae Kaycock, who's like a jump out of the gym athlete. Well, play, also so. Anthony Davis, like yeah, also Anthony. still very athletic. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know because I mean not even the 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 promising thing to me uh, in terms of Caruso 
And I don't want to devote the whole pod to Caruso. I mean, I'd be happy to, but I don't know if everybody <laughs> else would. Um, Vogel said something along the lines of how he thinks Caruso can play the one and the two. And I think that's true, mostly be, be, because the one and two spots are interchangeable when you're playing next to LeBron James. Like, it's really LeBron James is playing point forward and everybody else is just a guard. There is no point guard with LeBron James on the floor. He's the point guard. Um, but even then, I mean, you look at guys that are going to be fighting for minutes at that two spot. You're looking at Danny Green, who's likely the, the starting shooting guard. Contavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, Avery Bradley, who can slide over to the two and play some. Uh, Troy Daniels, who I don't expect to play much at all. Uh, I mean, but he'll be competing for it. Uh, it's going to be interesting. That guard rotation is probably the most interesting spot to look at at training camp. And when we get back from this little break we take, we will get into uh, the training camp battles we're looking forward to seeing. So as we've said several times already, Lakers basketball is back tomorrow. And I keep saying it because it doesn't feel real. This offseason has felt so long. And I mentioned this in a story I wrote the other day, but Anthony Davis has technically been a Laker since July, but, I mean, he's not going to take the court until tomorrow, which is very, very exciting. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, it happened with LeBron last year, but it almost still doesn't seem real. Like, yeah. it took a while before I was, I'm not even sure, like, when it just became, when it, I don't want to say hit, but when it just became almost normal that LeBron was a Laker, and it's that same thing with AD this year, where, like, it's been so long, and, like, I see these videos of him shooting in the gym, but, like, there's moments where it's, like, like, last night I was watching, uh, basically Anthony Davis dunk on people a whole bunch, and it's just unbelievable to think that guy is going to be a Laker, um... Yeah, it, it doesn't feel real. Preseason is not going to make it feel real, but uh, it's, it'll take a while to adjust. But I am very excited to see him and LeBron running pick and rolls all season. I wonder how much AD is going to play in the preseason. I wonder if they're going to uh, hold him to the same standard they held LeBron to last season where he plays the first half for the fans' sake and then and then just doesn't play in the second half. I'd imagine that's the route they go. And if they do, we're going to see a lot of Devontae Kaycock, hmm. Jared Dudley. So if you like Jared Dudley, you're going to love preseason basketball. I think he will. I don't really see a need for him to play any more time than what LeBron does. Like, I would just mirror their minutes together, basically. Yeah. Um, Maybe have a couple minutes with one of them by themselves on the court. Because uh, I imagine they're going to stagger it this year to where one of them is pretty much always on the court. But for the preseason, there's no need to uh, to do too much of that. I think that they'll treat it a lot like they have with training camp and have LeBron and AD on the court at all times and just kind of rotate. Well, not at all times, but the two of them together and have everybody else rotate around them. Obviously... The rotation we see in preseason isn't going to be the rotation we see in regular season. Only, like, mostly because Kyle Kuzma isn't healthy. Mm -hmm. We don't know when he's going to be healthy. Um, but 
for all intents and purposes, we'll assume Kuzma's coming off the bench, which is probably the best role for him anyway. So you have Kuzma coming off the bench. Who does he sub out? Like, who's going onto the bench for Kuzma as that first sub? Whoever the center that starts would be my guess. Um, so JaVale. Yeah, JaVale or Dwight. Uh, which, whichever one's starting, probably JaVale. But, yeah, I would assume that... I mean, maybe he comes in for the uh, point guard and you just really commit to this LeBron point guard right. thing. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. But I would think that they'll just have JaVale come out you run with because I assume Kuzma is going to be the first sub. You run with AD at center for a little bit, and then maybe AD comes out for Dwight, something like that. And then yeah, uh, he only plays a couple minutes as the center. I and see, I think that's a really good idea in in theory and probably in practice too. The only problem is is okay. Let's say. You have Dwight subbed in for AD at that center spot. AD gets some rest. Who is relieving LeBron James of his duties? We've talked about this a lot on the pod, but that backup three spot is so wide open. And if Kyle Kuzma isn't taking it, I I don't know who is. Like, and if Kyle Kuzma's not backing up AD at the four, do you just play Jared Dudley like 15 minutes per game? I mean, I think Kuzma's going to be the backup three, but I think he'll see a lot of minutes at four as well. Like, I think Jared Dudley is going to see a fair amount of playing time. I guess the answer I want to give to you is Igudala. Um, yeah. Which, it's wild that he's still still with Memphis. Um, I do think, at least early in the year, I mean, the Lakers are don't have a ton of wing depth. Um, I think Kuzma will spell those LeBron minutes when he comes out. Um, Dudley will play a fair amount as a four, stretch four. Um, I mean, I see that second unit as just being four shooters in Dwight, which, in theory, if Dwight screens and dives to the rim, it's either going to end up in a lob for him or an open three from somebody. Um, But, I mean... Dwight's whole career has had, in theory, wrapped around it. Every stop he's made. Um, <laughs> everything... I will say, for as much as I've uh, ragged on him, uh, I mean, everything sounds positive coming out of training camp so far. Um, so hopefully... I mean, I'll gladly eat my words. Like, if it comes out that he actually is doing what he says he's going to do, but... Um, yeah, I mean, in theory, you would put, like, Dwight, Dudley, Kuzma, and then whatever guards are left that Caruso and... I mean, you could even get away with running Rondo in that lineup, I think. I, mm-hmm. It wouldn't be ideal, but um, you could just put a bunch of shooters around him and um, space the floor that way, I think, is how the second lineup's normally going to go. Yeah, and I, I've tried to build a makeshift rotation here while we've been talking. And I think the direction they're going to go is they are going to sub out McGee for Kuz. So you have Kuz and AD. And this is the first substitutions. You have Kuz and AD at the 4 and 5. 
Braun plays the three. They'll probably put KCP and Rondo in, just completely switch up the backcourt, just because I imagine AD's going to want to play some minutes with Rondo. And LeBron loves playing with him, too, for whatever reason. Um, so that'll be the first substitutions. Then I think if you're going to sub Green out as one of the first subs, you probably play Green at that backup three as opposed to Kuz. Um, and you keep K KCP at that two spot. Um, sub out AD for Howard, Kuz for Dudley, and then have one of Cooker Caruso as that full to, to flesh out that full bench mob uh, with the exception of green of course but I, I think that's probably the direction they're going to end up going they could also go big point guard the big point guard route which I, if that's the case I I think the second unit's not going to have much trouble scoring especially that LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma connection because I mean LeBron assisted Kyle Kuzma on the most shots last season. Like, that's who the bulk of, of Kuz's assist came from last season. And I expect the same to happen next season. Um, just because Kuz gets it. Like, when LeBron is on the floor, you got to move and get open. Uh, and he understands that. So, I expect that partnership to work. But I also go back to Rondo and AD's thing. Like, AD seems to believe that Rondo gets the absolute best out of him. I'm hoping playing with LeBron counteracts that. And it's like, LeBron's kind of like, I'm Rondo, but on steroids and six foot nine. <laughs> like, you don't need him uh, anymore, except Caruso <laughs> into your heart. It'll be interesting because I see them either. I Like I said, I, I think they're going to stagger LeBron and AD. They should. One of them should always be on the court. Um, so either they go the big point guard route with LeBron and surround him with shooters, um, which they had a lot of success in Cleveland doing, or you have AD run that second unit. Um, and the answer to this is probably both. At some point, they'll have, depending on the matchup, they'll have um, one of these guys or the other, but you put AD um, in there to kind of initiate things and basically do what he did in... New Orleans, um, screen and rolls, because um, there aren't many people that have more gravity rolling to the rim than AD does in the league. Um, so just that alone is going to open up shooters and get people open, especially, like you said, um, if they have Danny Green with that second unit as well. Um just those two guys alone have so much gravity and kind of different respects that they'll create open shots for other people just being on the court. More Lakers practice news. They're running a scrimmage right now, and they're simulating an endgame situation. And Caruso's on the floor, which I like. And LeBron's playing point guard. I don't know who is technically at the three. That's KCP. So, if we're to buy into this scrimmage footage, which you absolutely should not, <laughs> but I'm going to, um, the Lakers' closing game lineups will have Braun, Caruso, KCP, AD, and McGee. I'd probably, I'd, I'd, they'd probably switch out McGee for Kuz once he's healthy. Um, but I mean, with the, yeah. with, with, with the exception of that, 
Like, and I'd probably switch out green for KCP too. Yeah. Um, that's not a bad closing lineup. I like that. They also showed a video of Danny Green uh, picking LeBron's pocket and laying it up. He picked him up full court, which, I mean, I like uh, somebody picking up LeBron full court, full court in a scrimmage. Um, kind of challenging him a bit, but, yeah, I'm not taking a lot from the lineups away <laughs> other than the fact that LeBron hit a game-tying... I mean, if we're going by lineups, Rondo was on the other team, and he hit the game-winning free throws, basically. So yeah. I really hope that this is not the case, but... I've basically had to come to accept. I was I had really convinced myself that Rondo wasn't actually going to get playing time during the summer, but yeah. the more training camp has went, the more it seems like he's going to have to play his way out of the rotation, which if last year, the end of last <laughs> year, was any evidence, yeah. it won't take long. But yeah. Not unlikely. Yeah, definitely not. Um, the my I'm still holding out onto some hope because LeBron was asked uh, in fewer words how does he expect Rondo to help this team? He's like, um, well, Rondo's always going to be in my ear, and like we're always going to be bouncing ideas off each other whether he plays or not, which means he's open to the possibility of him not playing. Like that's that's a simulation he's ran in his head. Like, what if we don't play the guy that just assist hunts at random points of the game and doesn't have the most reliable three-point shot what if we don't do that and it seems like he'd be perfectly fine with that because rondo's such a force off the court and such a leader that he doesn't even need to be on the court i wonder if he even needs to be in the stadium to be the type of leader he is does he need to be on the roster (laughs) i mean probably not um i mean in theory we obviously joke about it. I mean, Rondo would be a great, like, 15th guy. Or coach. Yeah. I mean... Which he's said <laughs> he's want, he wants to do after he retires. Why not, why not get an early start? He was doing it, like, last year during games when he was hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in theory, if you had... I mean, he's really smart. He's really open and willing to mentor guys. Um... If you had that guy at the end of the bench, like I, I wasn't upset that they brought Rondo back. It's I'm upset with the role that they're going to have Rondo play. Right. Because I think, like I said, Rondo at the end of the bench is very valuable. He's seen a lot of things in this league. Um, he's a very smart player. He can, he calls out like plays all the time. Just those types of things are valuable. He's just not when he's on the court. It's just not there anymore. Like, and it hasn't been for many years, which is kind of frustrating. So, um, yeah, I'm not. I, I just hope it doesn't take them too long to move past him because at the end of last year, he was useless on the defensive end. And maybe he had just given up because I do think early in the year he was fine. That Christmas yeah. Day game, he was incredible. And maybe that game he just Portland. Kinda, yeah, and both times he got hurt right after. Yeah. Um. So may I mean if they're maybe he'd just given up, I don't know. But I just really hope they don't hang on too long because those these are the types of moves that are going to cost you games and uh in the Western Conference playoff race, 
there isn't a margin for error this season, so they can't afford to just be dropping games because Rondo's a turnstile defensively. Yeah, and I guess the only thing you really look forward to with Rondo is seeing whether he still has that switch he flips once the postseason rolls around, um, which I guess is the logic behind playing him some, is just keeping him acclimated with the team and keeping him in shape. But even then, like, might as well just roll with the talent you have as opposed to, you know, seeing what's left in a in a guy that's been in the league for quite some time. So, uh, Jacob, before we go, uh, I want to ask you, what are the matchups or, uh, or positional battles you're most looking forward to uh, leading up to our first preseason game against the Warriors tomorrow? I mean, it's a... To me, it's a big one that we've talked about basically this whole podcast. It's just the guards and yeah. who stands out. Um, I mean, how if Rondo really does look legitimate, like everybody seems to think he does in training camp. Same with Avery Bradley. Um, how good does he actually look? Um, is he willing and able to succeed in the roles that he's going to be put in, the roles that he struggled with with the Clippers? And then Caruso, and because at this point, as we said, Caruso is going to have to play just out of his mind to force a change. Um, right, right. Yeah. So hopefully he hit, he comes out guns blazing. And like I said, Quinn Cook has value on this team. Um, it seems like he's the odd man out right now, but see if he's able to come in and knock down threes and kind of force his way into the rotation as well, um, because. I think it's going to be those four for the point guard spot. Um, and I, to me, that's the biggest battle. Dwight and JaVale would be the only other one, but they are they have such similar skill sets that it's not... I mean, obviously I have my reservations about Dwight, but yeah. if, if, they're, if, he's, if he does what he should or what he says he's going to do, then those two are so replicable that I don't think there's a whole lot of difference in playing one or the other. Um so, yeah, for me, and this is will probably just be the whole preseason, we'll be watching that guard battle. Yeah, I so that center matchup is interesting to me as well. Um, I think Dwight at full strength is probably a better rebounder than JaVale, just like fundamentally a better rebounder than JaVale. Um, the question is how much he still has physically and whether or not he can play starters minutes. Uh, but I think JaVale ultimately, also ultimately just gets the role um, because he's at a position in his career and is coming off of a, a season where he can believe he's a starting center and act like he's a starting center. Dwight Howard is in a position where if he did act that way and walked around like he deserved to be the starting center, it would be seen as like uh, a sign of him not really buying into his role or you know, not being at the place mentally everybody believes he was. Um, so I don't think he can play with that type of confidence or, you know, make uh, proclamations like JaVale did when he just straight up said, like, yeah, I was the starting center last season. I fully expect to be the starting center uh, this season. Uh, so I think JaVale ultimately wins out that battle. But I'm interested to see just how big the difference is between them. Uh, and if it's not that big of a difference... Uh, whether or not it will change throughout the season um or if they and if that's the case do they make one of them expendable at at the trade deadline the 
inter- other interesting thing that I forgot to mention, I mean, Vogel and his staff have preached a lot about how much they're focusing on defense. Uh, at least that was kind of the word early in training camp. I mean, in theory, when you look at that center spot, the Lakers should have two really good rim protectors. Three if um, you have AD play center. Well, yeah, and that was what I was going to say. And when they have the starting lineup, they're going to have two guys that are really good uh, defensively down low. And AD's just really good defensively everywhere. Mm-hmm. He can switch out onto guys and whatnot. So I'm interested to see in how well the team does defensively as well. Now, that's a thing that's kind of hard to take away from the preseason um, because there's so many moving parts and guys aren't aren't playing as hard as they would in the regular season. Yeah. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, JaVale's always going to be the one to chase blocks, but it'll be interesting to see this year if, or with AD there kind of behind him, if they're starting together, what how much he kind of changes things defensively as well with him. Um, because last year, JaVale would chase a block and Kuzma would be kind of left out to dry, whereas this year, if, if JaVale chases a block, in theory, you would have Anthony Davis right there to kind of back things up. Um, and maybe get a block himself or clean up the rebound or something like that. It could be interesting to see. So um, defensively, I'll be interested to see what JaVale and Dwight and AD do, and especially when they're when Dwight and JaVale are playing with AD as well. Yeah, and to your point, like the Lakers are in a position, assuming everybody is healthy, to go 48 minutes with an above-average rim protector at center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can argue, like, you know, teams are going to go small. And it's like they have Anthony Davis. Yeah. Anthony Davis is the perfect answer to any small ball team mm-hmm. just because he's such a, like, talented multi-positional defender um, and holds his own on offense, obviously. Like, he's going to bully Draymond Green if they if they put him – on AD in in that, you know, in a playoff matchup. And you can say that about almost every center except for, you know, uh, Nikola Jokic, who is just a a tough body to move with how big he is. Um, But, yeah, I I mean, that center position, if you're going to look at any position on the roster that's set for the season, I think you start with the four and five uh, with, you know, AD, AD Coos and Duds and and JaVale AD and McGee um the guard spot they're deep there's lots of players at the guard spot but I don't know if there's uh, as much proven talent um I think there's a lot of potential there but not as much of a sure thing as as you do at the four and five spots so Lots to be excited about, lots to be skeptical about, and we will find out, or at least start to find out, what exactly the Lakers have on Saturday. So thanks all for listening. Um, I'm sorry I was not with you last week, but I should be here every week for the remainder of the season. If you're not, (laughs) you always have Jacob, which I would argue is equivalent, if not better, than having (laughs) me around. We... uh... We had an interesting discussion in your in your absence last week. I listened, and, uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm ready. October's here. Basketball's here. Baseball's here. It's the eh, 
Baseball ended a while ago for me. <laughs> so if, if I'm it, not here next week, it's because the Dodgers did what they have done. I mean, much later in the season. But honestly, if we're being honest, I'd much rather them just do it now, get it over with. Don't even get my hopes up. As somebody whose team has won one playoff series in the last 30 years, I absolutely cannot relate to any of your problems. (laughs) Well, I have a ton of them, and I'm going to be a nervous wreck watching the game tonight. So um, go Dodgers. Thanks for joining us, Jacob. Uh, And we will see you all next week.